Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Britain's Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. Why have you got the giggles, Simon? Oh, we're laughing now because we, uh, we, went on, we were really late for the show. Not because we got to the studio late, but because we've been busy upstairs. You have been. You've been having an amazing time, have you? been an amazing you? time, yeah, yeah. So excited about this show. Anne, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. We missed you over the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's because I was lads, 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 girls on tour. Were you? Yeah. Where did you go? Went on a hen do to Copenhagen. Okay. Crazy times. Yeah. Got Friday uh, night skate? I saw, no, we didn't see that. Okay. Uh, did see some men's bums, though. Of course, it's hen do, isn't it? Lads. That's why <laughs> Steve and I were out on a stag. <laughs> <laughs> we had a crazy Friday night as well, didn't we? Uh, we were off at... Um, at Alexandra Palace, yes. seeing uh, best friends of the show, churches. So How right was there. it? Excellent, amazing time. Yeah, really good. Good. Uh, yeah, super, super cool. Uh, so yeah, had a party on Friday night. Uh, chilled on Saturday. Yep. What did you Wait. do on Sunday? Uh, played Star Wars Battlefront. That's how the show. That's, that's how the song, song goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's what Craig David would have done. Exactly. Uh, something like that. And now it's Monday, and we're doing One Life Left. One Life Left is a video game radio show. You've already heard our theme. And this is the banter at exactly. the start of the show. If you are using social media, you can hashtag this with OLL Bants. <laughs> Coming up is the news. Later on, we will have some reviews, some letters, uh, and maybe a feature. We're so video games. The reason that we were almost late on air is because we were playing video games. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, it was sociable soccer. I think we're... What, 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 uh, John, hello, John Hare. Hello. Uh, we're among the first people to, to play it, are we? You are, yes, you're a very, very select group of about... Oh. Uh, there's been three people who are non-industry who've played it. You're the first industry people yes. ever to play it. You scored the second header in history. I did second header in history. In history. Oh. oh, it's so good. 
I feel you. young again. No, I do. I feel oh, you look young. young. <laughs> Thanks very much. So we're going to talk to you about social soccer uh, a little bit later on, but we'll start the show as we always do, and that's with Anne's News. For on Monday the 30th of November, I'm Anne Skankabri and this is the news. The PlayStation Network collapsed under the weight of consumerism this weekend. The downtime looked to be caused by the PlayStation Store Black Friday sale. Some people were unable to sign into the store, some were unable to a- uh, access PSN at all, and some were unable to play games. Since it's now Cyber Monday and not Black Friday, everything is, of course, totally fine and back to normal. But you've got to worry about what will happen at Christmas and the look on all the little kids' faces when they realise they can't play Fallout 4 till Box. Cyber Monday. Yeah, I was affected by this. Were you? I was. I went onto the PlayStation Store because I, th- I thought, oh yeah, super, they've reissued Super Star Wars, haven't they, with Chivos and all of that. So I'm going to go and get it. And then I went to sign in and it said the service was down. I couldn't mm-hmm. buy it. How did that make you feel? I, I tell you what, it made me feel pretty, uh, pretty sad, actually. Um, but then, when the store came up and uh, I saw that it was available for both PS4 and PS Vita, and I realised that it isn't cross-buy, I, gl- oh. I was glad I didn't buy it. Yeah. I know. Why you, would you do that? You what? could have bought it in the heat of the moment, thought, it's in the sale, it's Black yeah. Friday, I've got to do it now. No, but good, yeah. good job you had a bit of time to yeah. think. I can't believe it's called Cyber Monday. It's ridiculous, isn't have it? Have we all been cybering today? <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> what? You know, uh, to go, going online, that's what it means, right? It's called Sexting Monday. Exactly. <laughs> Did you, you pick up anything in the sales, either of you? No. No? No, I've been looking for a new cell phone okay. uh, and failing to find you, you one You went for Cell Phone Tuesday. Cell Phone Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> John Hare, did you buy anything in the Black Friday sales? Yes, I bought a very lovely, sexy new laptop, which uh, kind of like upgraded my eight-year-old rubbish falling apart laptop. All right. I've gone from the bottom to the top of the pile. Nice. In one Black Friday. Yeah, in one Black Friday. (laughs) You're doing it right. Uh, I saw it's got glowing keys. It does have glowing keys, yeah. Does your Surface have glowing keys? doesn't, know. Interesting. Live Extreme 3 won't be released in Europe or North America following its PS4 and Vita release in Japan in February. That's because the beach volleyball spin-off from the Dead or Alive fighting games has some pretty singular representations of women, i.e. all boobs all the time. Developer Team Ninja has said in the past that there is a cultural barrier between Japan and the West with the game. Fans are upset that this means they won't be able to enjoy the sport of volleyball, which they love very much. Mm. Don't they? We all love a good volleyball sim, don't yeah. we? <laughs> so, mm. Do you think that's the reason? I, do you know what? I was, I'd was i forgotten what this was like. Um, I, I think you probably saw this. About a month ago, somebody came across that uh, Edge uh, girls issue, which, um, <laughs> which just an astonishing cover of just uh, the front of a girl. <laughs> um, is it like a, a biological representation? It's oh, yeah, it's I as mean, biological it as video games can. <laughs> exactly. And then I was like, oh, I've forgotten about this. And then um, for a while, people were retweeting me saying, "15 years on and no less astonishing." Or something. And for a while, my my mentions in TweetDeck be- genuinely became not safe for work. <laughs> like, yeah, they were just pictures of the front of girls. It's um, biology, it's safe for work. And then I was looking at some of the pictures for this game. And crikey, it's. it's mm. <laughs> Do you think it would sell over here, though? 
Do I? I don't know how well the original Dead or Alive uh, Extreme Beach Volleyball did. I suspect it didn't do very well at all. No. I, I wasn't even aware there was a sequel. No, me neither. And They're on to their third one. <laughs> exactly, we've been, we've been missing out, Steve. <laughs> yeah. We should make up a lot well, of time. I'll be straight to... <laughs> I'll be straight to internet retailer who I don't wish to name who was straight on yeah. this uh, using it saying oh you know if SJWs have got you down you can come to our you know tawdry internet site and buy it from us yeah it's sad um, wasn't it yeah it's super super crass and rubbish I, I, I think the I've said this before but the you know the irony is, the first game quite liked all the accessorising. <laughs> it was quite nice going shopping. <laughs> just wanted to buy some clothes. Cover up, will really? you? Honestly, you must be freezing. Metal Gear Solid Five fans are attempting to disarm all nuclear weapons to unlock a hidden scene in the game. The secret scene, which is already online, will be released to players on each platform once four conditions are met. The final condition is that all players on that platform's regional server must have zero nuclear weapons. Konami is announcing the numbers, which have fallen dramatically on all platforms but none are at zero yet. If this works, it feels like it might be worth sending Kojima loose on the world's leaders to see if he can get similar results. So everybody playing this game has to give up their nuclear weapons. Is that how this works? that platform's regional server. I don't want to know too much about this because I've not. I've barely scratched the, the surface with Metal Gear Solid Five yet. So I've been. Yeah, I don't like people talking about this. You said ending. you've checked out of it because it's too. It's too uh, free. Yeah, I'm paralysed by choice now, but I, but I do want to go into it. I okay. do. I, mean, I do Check like back in. Yeah, over Christmas, you know, <laughs> okay. a bit more time. I see. So I, see. Sure I shouldn't have. Had, I shouldn't have included this new story. Well, I feel. A, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what you that. I don't know what that means. Do you know that you can have nuclear weapons? No. (laughs) Spoilers. All right. Well, maybe if we replace nuclear weapons with a code word. Bunnies? Yeah. So say all of the players can have bunnies. Okay. So say you've got some bunnies and that's valuable to you in the game. Well, that's good. And so Konami seem to be relying on everyone giving their bunnies away or getting rid of the bunnies. Or or dismantling the bunnies. Well, you know, letting them go to the forest. Oh, yeah. Putting them out in the the forest. Yeah. I wouldn't trust all of my players to do a thing for the greater good. Surely there's going to be one person holding out because that's their ticket to fame. But I was thinking about not just the one person who's holding out, but the one person who played it that one time and then was like, I don't know, maybe they've gone on holiday for a long time. Maybe they died. Can I get one then, a bunny, one of these bunnies? Um, If you keep playing the game. Is that right? You get given one? I don't know if you get given it or if you I have mean, to you work are the it. most familiar with this game because you've played it a bit, unless John has. John, have you played Metal Gear, the new one? I've not, no, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are our in house expert, Simon. Okay. But I, so I could start playing it, get, and then get a nuke just as they're being. Bunny. 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 Billy Mitchell, former high score holder on Donkey Kong, has lost his lawsuit against Cartoon Network to get them to stop showing a giant floating bearded cartoon head on the regular show because he thinks it's him. Following the Donkey Kong documentary King of Kong, the regular show began featuring a character called GBF, who is an alien who cheats to win video games. New Jersey Federal District Judge Ann Thompson threw out the case because of free speech and the right to parody and also laid down this sick burn. The television character does not match the plaintiff in appearance. GBF appears as a non-human creature a giant floating head with no body from outer space while the plaintiff is a human being. (laughs) And when GBF loses his title, the character literally explodes, unlike the plaintiff. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Mitchell is excellent, though. Has anybody met him in real life? No, he should be on the show. He would. I'm sure he would come on the show. Yeah. I'm certain. Anne. Anne. That sounds like a good thing for you to sort out. Anne, can you invite him? Imagine how good our Christmas special would be if we had Billy Mitchell. We could 
Ask Can him we Skype he's... him in if he's not in the country? We could make him explode. Yes, we no, we could definitely do. Obviously, he's not in the country. He's got hot sauce to make. Um, but oh. let's let's definitely definitely get him on the show or to our Christmas party. And but then he on the could show, sing uh, "Drunk in Love." That's true because we've got a karaoke song about Billy Mitchell. But yeah, can we do that? Can okay, we absolutely let's try. promise? Uh, and not in a get vasey way, but in an actually getting him on the show. We nearly got vasey. We did actually. Let's actually get Mitchell. And finally, Val boss Gabe Newell is branching out from games. Newell has decided to back the uh, kitchen implement after the makers cooked him a meal and gave him loads of booze and got him to sign a contract. Gabe loves the jewel so hard he's even appeared in its new advert. What is the jewel, you might ask? A jewel is an immersion circulator that cooks food using a sous vide method, which is where you cook stuff slowly in a bag in warm water. That's right, the man in charge of steam is backing a kitchen implement that's not a steamer. Literally, why do we bother? <laughs> Right. Good. Good. That was just a story just for the closing comment? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Dan Marshall made a joke about this. Did he? I can't remember what it was. Did he write a new story? No, no, he didn't. He, and well, what I'm saying is he didn't just get angry about that joke, you know, not being available, but he came up with his own joke. Mm. But it obviously wasn't memorable no. enough for me to repeat. Come so on, Marshall. don't know why I bothered really bringing that up, I guess, because it was an awkward pause Dan, and no one... Dan listens to this while he's running. He's, he does, doesn't he? Doesn't so he's probably he? just stopped now, isn't he? <sighs> yeah, you need to pick him back up again. Dan. <laughs> Dan. Look at the horizon. You can beat it. <laughs> Go. Go. Go! Thanks, Anne. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. <laughs> to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Atom Smasher. It's a cover of Kavinsky's song 1986. It's available from chipmusic.org, which is where we get a lot of our brilliant chip music from. I described it as a banger. It is banging, isn't it? <laughs> well, we can't stop. You're, None you're... of us is stationary. <laughs> Simon is banging right now. I mean, in a manner of speaking. Um, Anne, you've done some Billy Mitchell research. Yeah, I found his Twitter handle. Oh, it was tough, work. tough investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Just uh, you know, if any uh, wannabe journalists are listening in, I opened up the Twitter app. Uh huh. Opened the search function. Okay, that's the little magnifying glass. Yeah. Right. Typed okay. in Billy Space Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Spelt it correctly. Yeah. Good. First time I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Looked down yeah. the list of people and yeah. found at Billy Pacman. 
Turns out it's the official site for Pac-Man champion Billy Mitchell. Is he verified? Uh, no, he's not. And actually, he only has 798 followers, but there is a linked account, which is 800 Hot Sauce. Okay. Oh, no, we... no, it's a linked website. Is he allowed to uh, use Pac-Man in his Twitter handle? I presume if he's suing people for misuse of wow. trademarks, etc. Good question. Unless it's Billy When Pac-Man. was the last time he tweeted? Uh, two days ago, he retweeted... Furious! ...himself kicking a ball. Okay. So. A judge. <laughs> so we're fairly sure it is, it is Billy Mitchell. Good. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, well, we'll keep you updated throughout the rest of the show on how Anne's investigative journalism gets on. It's building to the climax, isn't it? As we all hands in the air, we welcome John Hare! Good stuff. John Hare, make some noise! (laughs) What noise is that? That's a monstery kind of noise. Good. Okay. Uh, How are you you doing, John? I'm very good, actually. Super good. It's always a pleasure to see you. No, no, it's it's always a genuine pleasure. Uh, But I've I've never never been happier to see you than when you rocked up this evening. And why is that? I got here early. I left work early. (laughs) I did. I got here early. Uh, Because um, you brought sociable soccer with you. Uh We should explain a little uh, about sociable soccer then. what, What is it and why am I excited by it? Well, basically, I've been thinking for the last seven or eight years about making a new football game. And um, I've not really had the right team to do it. And I met this really amazing team in Helsinki uh, earlier this year. So basically, we chatted for a bit. And um, and then one of the guys said, well, I've, I'm really keen on this football stuff and sent a little demo or something. So I said, OK, these guys are really keen. And quickly, we got something signed up. Right. We've been developing it two months. Uh, we then thought, two oh, let's, is that it? Wow. We thought, let's do a Kickstarter. Uh, then we had, did we wait until after Christmas or before Christmas? Because yeah. Christmas is a massive two-month hole. And yeah. we decided, let's go before, which was a bit foolish because we'd done nothing up to that point. Right. But we just hit the go button and went for it. And um, that Kickstarter kind of gave us, us the momentum as a Kickstarter uh, in terms of engagement and creatively to just do something. Right. And so now we've got a pretty good demo of it. Or, I mean, the game plays really well already, in my opinion. It's, a too much, it's, a, it's the spiritual successor to Sensible Soccer. Can we? Is, is that how we describe it? Yeah, I mean, basically, um, a lot of people talk about redoing Swass, redoing Sensible Soccer, and a lot of people have tried to copy it into other games over the past. The point is, Sensible Soccer came out in 92 and Swass came out in 94. They came out as state-of-the-art games for that time. The only way to do a spiritual successor is to keep the gameplay the same. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing you wrap around it is going to be very now. It's going to work on modern formats. The graphics are going to look right. All the social elements are going to work and stuff like that for it to work. Right. That's why it's a spiritual successor. Kind of the gameplay is the same immediate fast gameplay. But the, but the the way we present it is in a slightly different way because it needs to be. Um, you mentioned as we were playing it that um, a lot of people have tried to recreate the, the original, the feel of sensible soccer and have failed. What, what is it about it? Like, is there a secret equation? Or I mean, I'd like to think of it as like the as the KFC ingredient or the or the recipe <laughs> for coke. Do you know what I mean? There's a line of code that that that, that, that I don't know. That careful, John. Simon, Simon, Simon makes Simon makes video games now. So, there's, yeah, what is it? There's basically, to make any sports game, I mean, we also included these kind of things when we did uh, some speedball stuff a while ago, And there's, but there's elements, there's five, six, seven or eight different elements you've got to glue together, which are all invisible. 
which make the magic happen. So it's not one particular element. It's all this invisible stuff which helps the player when he doesn't quite know he's being helped and lets him give freedom when he, you know. So it's constantly holding your hand and letting go in the background. To, to try and read the input you're giving to be exactly what you intend without you having to go through loads of buttons to achieve it. And I, th- I think, you know, right from the off, uh, so the, the three of us have, have all had a quick go. And from my point of view, you know, I was in magazines. I joined uh, the one in 92 and I left in 94 and a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, genuinely, the, the way that we used to make magazines back then was um, well, our management team were a bunch of suits. Um, who, and as long as we put, as long as a magazine went out the door on the day it should go, they were fine. It would sell the certain copies mm-hmm. that it were, et cetera, et cetera. But they, but they left the, the sort of manage the day-to-day management of that, the content of that down to essentially children and <laughs> operating untrusted sorry operating trusted but um, unsupervised as we did a, a four-week deadline would would literally be two weeks of playing sensible soccer and then two weeks of working through the night just to get it done. and yeah and and just to pick it up again and push the buttons it felt honestly it felt like uh yeah 1992 again well what's great is it's feeling the same but it's in a 3d world in unity which means development wise is all you guys working in development know that means we can do a lot more with it we can take it to lots of different formats um and we've got plans to um now we've got the basic controls working and the basic camera which emulates the sensible soccer view um is to open the controls up so you can play kind of with fifa or pro evo style play and still get the same result from the engine without breaking the sensible soccer bit the camera at the moment we've fixed in a certain way so it can emulate that camera but equally we can come side to side mm-hmm. uh, in 3D uh, we can take loads of different camera angles so and we can do a lot with the player models at different resolutions so at the moment in game they're quite low res to keep the, the, yeah. the speed up but the player models we're looking at for when they're lining up for example with the game will be quite high res so right. we're just a- trying to d- dump the game into a, into a world which is more modern as well as online play of course playing you know it's, it's totally different to what sensible soccer could could do in the in the old versions that was the thing that struck me about it was the speed um which for me was what made sensible soccer people describe it as like a pinball machine uh-huh. crossed with with football but from the moment i picked it up it was clear that that speed was there and it just felt naturally yeah. like the original yeah. sensible soccer it was like last 20 years just Wasn't it? just disappeared <laughs> <laughs> Um, you mentioned bringing it into the modern world then. So at, at the core is the match engine where you can play sort of presumably single-player uh, multiplayer. So how, what, what will surround it? Okay, so it, in a nutshell, we'll try and explain it. So there's three basic ways to play the game. There's the And two of them are very similar to the way we'd set up sensible soccer rather than SWAS, actually, because we're starting at the beginning. So you've got like um, single-player friendly um, 30 different preset tournaments like English leagues and Spanish cups and European championships and World Cups and stuff um, about 400 club teams about 200 national teams a whole bunch of custom teams and then you've got the same thing but for multiplayers with lots of people on the same machine invite your friends around get a few drinks and some pizza and have an evening of playing sensible soccer which is maybe let them take it. their coat off first maybe <laughs> let them take their coat off first before you beat them and, and crow about it yeah Yes, Simon. <laughs> right, yeah, that's, uh, we, we, should, we should explain to the listeners I was beating you 9-0 before we had seven. to come. Seven, it was only seven. I've got a picture of it being nine. And what was the score of the match before, Simon? I can't remember, John. And the match before that, I, Simon. <laughs> no idea. All I know is I won the first game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, they're the two modes which people will be familiar with. And the third one is the online multiplayer. So in that, when you come uh, register for the game, it will ask you which country you're from, which team you support. England, Queen's Park Rangers. Absolutely. So then it will say, uh, make a little model of yourself, a little player avatar maker thing. So you make that. You join a clan like uh, radio journalists or game developers or heavy metal fans, whatever you want to call. There'll be a bunch of clans to join. One life left. And now, oh, one life left, yeah, absolutely. And now you've got three teams you play for. You play for England, 
Queen's Park Rangers and this um, uh, One Life Left team, okay? Right. So now when you go on online... Do, do, does Anne have to be on that team? <laughs> Automatically, Simon, yes. I'm not sure you'll make the cut. She's the captain. <laughs> She's the captain, you know? So, so when, you, when you come online, basically we'll cut, we'll divide all the, say, all the club teams, there'll be about 400 into eight divisions of 50, I'm thinking. We don't have the numbers because we've not tried it out yet, but say it's eight of 50. So you can basically come online and play for your team against Madrid, Liverpool, whoever else might be in your division online at the same time. And then that game will go into this ladder league of 50 teams. And the ladder league is sorted out by the, the average points scored per game by everyone supporting your team. So all the Liverpool fans will uh, play effectively for the same team. Okay. They'll, they'll nudge their team up and down the league. End of every week, promotion and relegation, top 10 teams, bottom 10 teams. So you're constantly driving to take your team up the league. Your player, and if you play really well, your player avatar, Simon, will get called up to play for your team. Yes. So he's sitting on the, you bring him on, stick him up the centre forward position and try and get some goals. If he plays very well for your club team, we'll then get called up for your national team. Mm. So you've got a meta game of building your player avatar's career within your squad for your club and country and your clan. I mean, one of the things that, um, one of the fondest memories I have of uh, Sensible Soccer is the the um, quirky teams in mm. there. Uh, playing teams, uh, you know, like Biscuits, or <laughs> uh-huh. um, will those be making a return? Absolutely. So in the, in the, uh, on the non-online stuff, we have custom teams, which are mm-hmm. like silly teams like Biscuits and Old Dears Menu and all these okay. silly game, uh, teams we used to have. And on the, on the online side, it's the clans. So the clans would be, for example, One Life Left, and it would all be you. It would be your player avatars and you. Mm-hmm. So obviously you control the whole team each time, but your friends are also doing the same thing with their thing. Right. Right. Can we? I, I want to be in the custom teams thing though, because I want to play one life left against biscuits. <laughs> you want know, one life left? You got eighteen? You know, eighteen men in the squad. Eighteen easy, people we in the squad. Easy. Yeah. We've had more than eighteen contributors. We have. Exactly. You were a contributor once. I you could be in our team. Yeah. Play your cards right. Yep. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, uh, so this is def- definitely happening then. Well, basically, yeah. I mean, we run a Kickstarter, and we, we basically had a three-day window to get twenty percent of the money. You know, they fail. That's okay. the way it works. And and unfortunately, we didn't achieve that. It wasn't helped. It wasn't the best weekend in right. the year to pick to do it either. So um, we ended up knowing after three or four days it wasn't going to work. We left it a little while, and then we pulled it. But we we're busy talking to a number of different publishers. So. Um, the question is which publishing route we take okay. and which platforms we take cool. but I, I would anticipate uh, by the end of next year sometime around that time the oh, game will be out you do it quicker than that stop talking to us get Depen- out depends on uh, uh, what level of production we take it to actually okay. you know? that's fine ship it um, how do you feel it's going to go down with um, a bunch of uh, video game players that, that that may not have played sensible so they're sort of used to the slower pace of Pro Evolution and FIFA and stuff like that well you asked me who played it before I'll tell you precisely who played it my, um, my daughter's boyfriend played it and uh, he quite liked it, which was good. Okay. But he's not a big game you, fan. Yeah, also, you are his girlfriend's dad. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> under pressure. To be fair, he was under pressure. I really like it. <laughs> and he was playing my daughter. <laughs> um, but then I, I, I went to get my car brake fluid changed today, and I happened to have it in my bag, so I'll bring it here to show you. So I showed the young guy who was... Um, uh, on the reception of the uh, VW place, and um, and he liked it, which okay. was good because he was a FIFA fan. So I need more people who are kind of like younger than us old guys yeah. to say yes, we like it because right. that's obviously the the next 
market to go for it but he liked it so that's good so far that's two out of two one under pressure and one under pressure saying <laughs> they liked it but we've got a long way to go with that obviously you um you mentioned that the controls uh can be set up for sort of fifa and like for fifa and pez players so do you mean that you, you'll have a, a pass and shoot button or well basically what we can do because we're playing it on on most of us are playing on xbox or ps4 controllers um you've got all the other buttons so there's no reason why we can't um keep the a button exactly the same for uh-huh. pass and shooting in the in the sensible soccer style way but on the um the red button and the blue button on the xbox thing have a shoot button and a powered up shot button which is the same as loft would be adding loft to the ball okay um and also um we want to add a little sprint button anyway because it's quite nice to have that and we, we've, we've tr- experimented with that before uh-huh. so we won't have the complete gamut of that you get for FIFA and pairs, but just putting it Hold on the hand to make... and push down L3 <laughs> yeah. to do a shimmy. But the basics that they use, we can support that so people can just pick up and play without going, what's this one button stuff? I think it's quite important to get to get that sorted out. Right, excellent. Um, since we saw you last, uh, there's been a book published about you. How, how, how did you feel about that? You know what? I love that book for one reason. I always... Since for a long time I've been thinking at some point it would be good to write everything down before I get too old and forget it. And um, it was great that Darren Waller, uh, Rom, approached me to make the book, asked me who I thought would be the best person to do the authoring, and I picked Gary, uh-huh. because I've known him for the longest, basically. Yeah. He's a great journalist and or a great writer and a great game maker as well. And Gary said yes. So that was great fun, especially when Gary came He came to my house for about three or four days and we just drank loads of wine and talked rubbish and he recorded all of it. <laughs> so that was good. I was particularly pleased that the, uh, for page 119 where it is, is down in, in writing that I, I'm the current world champion. That's why you asked about the book, yeah. <laughs> Thanks you know what? Up, you know that you've got but two people in the studio who've slaughtered the, the world champion. <laughs> the goalies uh, don't work by your own admission. <laughs> <laughs> the goalies don't catch yet. You know, the goalies, goalies, the goalies not working when you were playing Anne. Well, exactly. <laughs> 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 um, but, but it's interesting that this re- reminiscing, you know, um, Read Only Memory have done a really good job of, of uh, documenting a great era, great era in video games mm-hmm. creation. Um, Tim Cheney's book, Failed recently. He was going to write about the sorry, failed a, a Kickstarter campaign. He was going to write about um, the Virgin Days, Virgin Interactive, yeah. of which there are countless stories. Um, were you pleased or I actually or backed, sad? I actually backed, I backed that book. it as well. Yeah. I backed it because. Um, I remember the times. They were great times, and I'm sure there'd have been some things about us, oh, some good, some not so good, because it wasn't always smooth with Virgin. But um, I think Tim would have a great story to tell. You know, he, he was there at a, a very interesting time in the industry. He ran the company for, I don't know how long, five, six, seven, eight years, quite a long time. Um, and it had been a great insight. I think maybe the appeal to that book is just to industry people, which might have been the issue. Yeah, how, why yeah. does it go outside of industry right. people? But certainly, I'm annoyed it. It's actually stopped. Yeah, I, I like think it would have it. been good fun that. But yeah, you sort of wonder. Again, would he be the right person to write it? Uh, th- given that a lot of the stories may have been about him, <laughs> um, I think it would have been a good perspective, and he'd have given it from from his perspective accurately. Right. So I think that would have been quite good to read. Yeah, I, I think Tim is someone who doesn't pull his punches. That's okay. why it'd have been a good uh, good I, read. I do know a few industry chums who were pleased it failed. <laughs> <laughs> Put it that way. Excellent. Thank you very much, John. So uh, how can we keep up with um, how this is coming along? How do we how, how do we follow you? Well, with social soccer, basically, we got a we got a Facebook page. We uh, we got an. Uh, Twitter kind of at social soccer handle um, the Kickstarter you can still put message on if you want to talk to each other some of the guys do there but um, we're talking as I say to a bunch of different publishers and, and once something happens of course that'll go out and we'll let people know we've also got a Sony blog which is still live on the game 
So um, you can follow it in several different places if you want. Ah, oh, that's a good. But no, just sorry, CJ. But that's it. But so both you and Dino Dini are coming back with football games, aren't you? <laughs> How, how's how's uh, can you explain whether the rivalry is likely to continue after all these years or? Well, it's quite interesting. I was at, uh, I've been doing a bunch of gigs of uh, old sensible tunes going around touring Europe actually this year for the Amiga 30th birthday. Right. So we've done a couple in the UK and we did one in Amsterdam and one in uh, Munich, and then uh, we did one in Warsaw. And I got there and there was a big industry event and Dino was there. And actually, me and Dino have never really met. We met once at university to shake hands and say hello about a year before, but we've never spoken. And it was quite late at night and had a couple of drinks and Dino sat down and we spoke for about three hours and he poured his heart out to me, basically explained to me the situation, how difficult the situation had been for him with Sensible Soccer. So right. it was a really, really fantastic conversation. And the result of it was uh, Barn, Andrew Barnabas, who I do the music with, uh, when I went out, he said to, he found out that Dino's a guitarist and, and uh, so when I came back, we invited him on stage with us and he played live with us the next that night, which was brilliant. Right, right, excellent. And... Um, I really hope the Dino's game does well. Yeah. I think there's plenty of room for two games taking a different take and and basically uh, reminding the world you don't have to play football games with photorealistic stuff with loads of stuff which costs millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, to do the same thing that's been going on for 15 years to give you that TV experience. I don't think that's all we can do with football apart from that or football manager, chat manager, maybe there's new star soccer, there's a couple of others but... You know, I think that we, the, the market's ready now to shake it up, put some more arcadey, light-hearted, humorous feel from our perspective in. And with Dino, put some great gameplay in as well. You know what he does. Good stuff. All right. Well, best luck to both of you, but particularly you. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. Russian athletes have been accused of taking drugs in order to win track and field events across the video game world. It has been alleged that shadowy figures in the Russian administration allowed their sports people to use auto-fire capabilities in order to run faster, throw further and jump higher than their more law-abiding competition. It is also believed that in the 1980s hypersports games, they used special joysticks that allowed more waggling than the legal limits. We spoke to Russian former wrestler and current street fighter Zangief, who said that whilst he couldn't comment on his fellow countrymen, he won his wrestling medals fair and square by training how to fight against brown bears in his motherland. Unfortunately, the L-shaped block from Tetris that won the 110-meter hurdles in 2012 was refusing to comment. Thanks and back to your usual programming. Letters. Thank you very much for your letters this week. Uh, I was going to say there's no competition, sadly. There's no prize uh, for the best letter. But if there was, Lawrence Weir would win it uh, with the subject, What's so special about Journey? <laughs> Hi, team and super special guests. I picked up Journey in the Black Friday weekend PSN Bonanza and played through it in one sitting. I'm not in any way saying it was a bad experience. It was quite relaxing. Also, it was nice when another person joined me and didn't go on to teabag me like I would expect from online players. However, it is just a walking and skiing simulator. The puzzles weren't puzzles. There was no accomplishment from co for completing the game as there was no uh, effort required in doing so. Compared to how I felt on completing Braid, Limbo or Portal, it left me feeling a little bored. So apart from a nice art style, why did everybody lose their shh over this game? Am I missing something? 
Love the show. Lawrence, answer no. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. John? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's not really a puzzle-solving game, and games don't have to put barriers between you and completion, or indeed emotion. Journey definitely manipulated me um, in some ways. I, I have some issues with it, but I'm glad it exists. Um, and I think if you approach it as a sort of challenge, you're going to be disappointed. But if you approach it as a story, um, perhaps you'll find something there. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, hello, team. Hello, SSG. Tomorrow is the start of Advent calendar of Advent. I added a calendar on the end there because I was thinking I haven't got one. Anyway, uh, tomorrow's the start of Advent <laughs> and my chocolate-filled calendar is hanging on the wall waiting for me. There's a lot of Christmas in the air. I think I'm going to buy a Wii U for myself for Christmas, mostly so that betwixtmas, the gap between Christmas and New Year, can be filled with playing Mario Kart and House of Dead with friends. Right now, what do you think are the best sofa-filling, dead-arm-causing, happy-lazy Christmas games around? I mean, until sociable soccer is ready. Pip-pip! Robert. Mm, I'm going to do exactly the same, Robert. I think I'm going to buy Wii U yes. as well. Yeah, you're going to have a great time. Uh, Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon pack exists, doesn't it? Does it? Okay. Those are the two games you need. That might be what I meant. Well, I thought Mario Maker is the one that I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. into. The idea of... Uh, I mean, for me, I was thinking about this the other day. It is interesting that there are no Christmas singles video mm. games that you play every year at this time of year and the closest I can think of is uh, for me at least is Mario 64 there was a time when I would go back to Mario 64 every year because it's got the snowy levels and that feels kind of Christmassy it's a very Christmas morning <laughs> video game um, it's a bit like saying Die Hard is a Christmas film which though. it is yeah I, and I'm talking about doing a Christmas version of one of my <laughs> is, games is it single level of that oh, yeah, that's a good idea at the moment yeah uh, oh, we could do a Christmas. Die Hard level of it and yeah Die same Hard thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think there's a gap there. I guess. Uh, I guess. I think you're doing the right thing, uh, buying a, buying a Wii U. Yes, I'm doing me that too. Thing. Me too. I think it's an excellent piece of kit. This is interesting. Uh, dear One Life Left, my name is Alex Darby, and I represent Darby, 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 and Darby, spelt differently, <laughs> solicitors. Hmm. We're not sure if you know, but you had a very rich second cousin thrice removed on your mother's side living in Leamington Spa. He has left his entire retro video game collection, including several ultra-rare Nintendo World Championship cartridges, to his last surviving relative, which we have determined to be you. All, All of us. <laughs> He's also left you a property estate estimated to be worth several million and a bunch of shiny metal, but mere because super-rare NES cartridges, am I right? Unfortunately, his will stipulates that we can only release his collection unless you send us a game to demonstrate your commitment to video games. You'll also need to send us your full name, the 16-digit number from the front of your credit card, the three-digit security number from the back of your credit card, and the colour photograph of your passport, at least five megapixels. This will allow us to get the money uh, to... This will allow us... Oh, he's missed out a word here. That's why I'm getting confused. Doesn't seem legit. This will allow us to the money to pay for the legal fees involved in shipping your super rare signed by Hiroshi Yamauchi and Saruto Iwata, Solid Gold Chrome, Ocarina of Time and the other video games. Oh, and all the Nazi war gold that you probably aren't that bothered about. Yours sincerely, Alex Darby, Barrister, Solicitor and Mayor of Royal Royal Leamington Spa. Now, you know this man, Alex Darby. I actually know him. Do you? What, the Mayor of Leamington Spa? Wow. Uh, I work with him at Cove Masters. He's a rather lovely guy and he's a rather good game designer as well and, and he's a nephew of Ozzy Osbourne 
Is that right? Yeah, is that right? I know this man, unless there's two Alex Darby's. <laughs> He's obviously not a liar. Definitely, yeah. Well, thanks, Alex. I, I mean, obviously, we'd love to come, but as Simon has pointed out, we don't have a game to give away this week, so unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, Apologies. Can't do it. Can't do it. John Hare, you've got a letter. I have got a letter, indeed. Here we go. Uh, hello, team, and definitely plus a super special guest. I probably should have asked this question last week, but I suspect this week's guests will have something to say on the matter. Why do modern sitcoms no longer have good theme tunes written by their creators? They're all just generic indie tunes, whereas previously we had John Sullivan doing two Only Fools and Horses songs, David Croft co-writing the theme for Allo Allo and Didi coming up with the Morse code bit for some other to have them. Do any of the team have any explanations? Cheerio, Ben. That's just probably too much like hard work, isn't it, these days? Uh, the reason he asked that question, of course, John, is that we had um, Ian Morris on last week, the co-creator of The Inbetweeners. Uh-huh. But his, uh, his letter was evidently delayed. Well, I've, been tr- <laughs> I've been trying, actually, because obviously we used to do... Well, you used to do your own theme songs, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, we've done a super modern version of Goal Scoring Superstar Hero for Sociable Soccer. <laughs> and I was trying to get one of the guys at the last minute, because I remembered as we sat on air, to email it right. to, to Steve. But it's, it's not come through yet, so it may come through. You, you also did uh, War's Never Been So Much Fun Absolutely. for Cannon Cad- Cad- Fodder. Uh, that's all I can name. Were there any other ones? Uh, there was Sensible Golf, and we did a couple of others for other versions of Sensible Soccer right. down, the, down the line. That's what we've been gigging in our, our funny gigs around Europe in our silly little um, concerts we've done. So we should, we should bring that back then. I'll bring it back. The uh, video game theme tune. Well, about the sitcoms thing, you know Ben Daglish, the yes, famous game musician, yep. obviously I played with him sometimes. He's, um, he has, he's a big fan of this guy called Ronnie Hazelhurst, who wrote loads of theme tunes for yeah. loads of things like... Uh, Terry and June and the Good Life and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so it was, and I don't think he was a TV sitcom creator. He was a music specialist. So they they did kick around in those days as well. So get Ronnie involved in video games. Absolutely excellent. Thank you so much for all your letters. Please uh, keep them coming. Email team at oneofleft.com. Thanks for looking up from your cat game that you're playing on your mobile phone. I'm going to be reviewing this later. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) thanks. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Ice Wolf and Distorted Relaxation. You shush! I'm talking to John Hare! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, blimey! I'm sorry, that was rude of me. Wasn't it? I was just trying to jump. I'm sorry, you. So I apologise for him. It's okay. 
um, so it is uh, about 18 minutes to the hour do we have any other business yes we should have uh, talked about this before we came on air but I'm going to bring it up nonetheless okay. uh, what are we doing about the Christmas party so cri- Christmas party tickets are going to go on sale tomorrow uh, which if you're listening to this on the podcast it's yesterday, yesterday. Uh, they'll be available via the Facebook group and via the One Life Left Twitter and on Eventbrite. Ticket they'll, Tuesday. Ticket Tuesday. Exactly. There'll be £5. Uh, all the money will be reasonable. going behind the bar. Whoa. In some respect, we're going to get some One Life Left cocktails done. And the party will be on the 18th of December. It will be at the new loading bar, which is in Stratford. And it'll be open late until 2am. I'm getting a hotel, aren't I? You are getting a hotel. Yeah. 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 After party. Well, Exactly. Uh, so that's going to be really, really exciting. Good. We so are super excited. Going live tomorrow. How many tickets have we got? Uh, we'll have Thousands. about 100. A thousand. John Hare, what are you doing on the uh, 18th of December? I don't like coming to your party. Do you want to come to our party? You can come and play some music. Okay. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Mm. Do that. You and Dino Dini. <laughs> Check you're telling the truth. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely see you there. Should we do reviews? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Reviews. What have you been playing, Simon? Oh, sociable soccer. <laughs> I'm really good at it. I'm really bad and at it. After your first match, yeah, you give, it, it, give it, seven, it up. Here, by the end of it, yeah, it's gone downhill. Seven out of ten. No, yeah. um, uh, yeah, no. Actually, similarly to that, I've been uh, uh, playing Star Wars Battlefront. More of it. Um, yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. In fact, now they are unveiling live in London uh, a new map and a new play mode. Um, it's just excellent. It's, it's one of those multiplayer games. You know when you play this sort of thing online, uh, like Call of Duty and stuff, and, and even when you're not good or you're being beaten by essentially children, um, it can be quite disheartening. But uh, with Battlefront, it's just it's such a glorious, fast-paced multiplayer blaster that you're just having loads of fun, even if you are just getting shot a lot. It's um, yeah, it's just it's just really brilliant. I'm up to level seven now. I've got to get to level twelve, I think, and or thirteen, so I can get a jetpack. Yeah. And then things are going to change. These guys won't be able to kill me so easily. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just such a spectacle. Thoroughly enjoying it. Um, particularly enjoying now in the multiplayer uh, supremacy mode that I'm playing uh, the most of. Um, you have the various pickups that you can uh, jump in an X1 or a TIE Fighter or an AT-AT or an AT-AT, they call it in game, Steve. So that must, really? be, that must be the official way of calling is it. That, is this the, like the SNES NES thing Yeah, at There are other pickups where you can become the hero. And so in an ordinary game of just foot soldiers, the players have picked those up can choose which hero, hero to be and if you're being on the uh, rebel side you can be Han or Luke or Leia or on the Imperial side you'd be Boba Fett uh, Darth Vader or the Emperor um, and, it's, and it's you know you are notified of this uh, you know there'll be a voiceover saying Commander Skywalker's been sighted on the battlefield and you're like ooh like, it's pretty strong but then I've been enjoying when you eventually kill the heroes all the foot soldiers just standing around them now there isn't a teabagging move but you just sort of stand in front of a Luke Skywalker with his hands up and just keep shooting him <laughs> Yes, good. Uh, do you uh, do you remember in Nottingham when I think I think you were there when we found those tea bags with tea bag written <laughs> on them, and, and we spent a delightful hour like putting the tea bags with tea bags on people and saying, "Yes, tea bags. yes, it was fun, wasn't it?" Man, we're old. Almost as fun as. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront, which um, yeah, I continue to give a very very high seven out of ten. Good. And uh, what are you, what are you playing? And what are you playing? playing? Well, I've been playing loads of stuff. Because I was on a uh, I was on a flight, so I got some um, iOS games, and I've been playing a few of them. But the one I've been playing most 
um, is Nekoatsume. The cat game hmm. that we talked about last week. Look at how many cats I've got in my yard. Look. One, two, three, four, five. But what is this a counting five game? Look how many cats I've got. One, two, three, four, it's five. A count, it's a counting game for Anne. Right. It's not for you, actually, yeah. is it? Zero. I've had... So clearly there's some kind of bug in the game yeah, for me. Yeah. And I've had catch. zero cats. <laughs> I mean, genuinely... No cats. Right. And I load it up every night, still no cats. And worst of all, the food is getting eaten. So oh, the then food... you have got cats coming to your yard and they're giving you gifts, right? No. They just... The That's... food is going. No one's leaving me any gifts. There's no no cats there. Nothing's happening. You When you go to gifts, it doesn't say gifts are, all, Nothing. are, are awaiting you. Nothing. <laughs> There's no cats. There's no cats. I guess the game has glitched out, bugged out in some way, mm. and I have to restart it. Oh, you just it, but have a really rude cat in your in an interest, It's kind of like an interesting art project. Yeah. Like, I have sort of this really lonely cat playground with, you know, just a piece of string, a ball of string and a rubber ball and a, a you know, cat tunnel just lying there, and I load it up in the jaunty theme music plays. There's no cats. No, honestly. No cats. Anyway, it's going well for you. Yeah, it's going well for me. Actually, I want the next thing I want to buy is the ball of string, which I'm going to buy once my cats have given me some gifts for coming and playing in my yard. Um, it's good. I thought I was going to have to spend loads of money on it, but I haven't. I've had a really nice time. Uh, I don't like you when I go in and there's no cats in there, but sometimes you go in and there there are cats in there, and then you can take photos of them and add them to their cat profile, their album. Uh, you can take photos of it like of the whole yard that you can keep on your phone and you can show to people and go look that was the time I had five cats in my I mean yard. I've taken lots of photos of my yard oh, yeah. your lonely no yard no cats no uh, yeah so it's nice I'm having a very good time um, just, cats are cute aren't they they, and like they are, one of them, they are. When one of them holds <laughs> they a ball, cute. it sort of like rolls around a little bit and it's going, I'm playing. It, it, I mean, it doesn't actually say anything, but I can imagine that it's going, I'm playing with a ball. Um, it looks like it's having a lovely time. I've got a picture of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, like I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a nice little make cats come to your yard game. Mm-hmm. Seven out of ten. Hmm. John, this is the sort of uh, consumer that you're going to need to, the modern uh-huh. consumer that you're going to yeah. need to Cat attract. Lovers. Cat lovers. Yeah. Need a team of cats. Yeah, we so need to have a cat. Cats. Yeah, we yeah. can have a cat lovers. Team's easy. Put cats in. Good. Tabby and all the others. The other twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. John, what have you been playing? Well, I've actually been looking at a game called Football Chairman Pro, which is a, a mobile game mm. um, by a team called Underground Creative UK Limited, which I came across Cashy. a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, it's an amazingly fast-paced management game, really, because you're the chairman, so. You simply get asked things like the, the the manager goes, "I want to buy this player. Do you agree or not?" And you you, you have about a one or two phases of contract negotiation. Huh. Then you sit back helplessly and watch the team win or lose. Uh, do the contracts with the other players. Uh, get rid of people. Occasionally sack a manager if he's no good. Expand the stadium and uh, set the ticket price and stuff, and just hope that your team does well. So I actually rattled through. I took my. Um, team uh, Anglia FC which are the football team I play with in Cambridge we kind of play in the college kind of league I uh, took us up we started in the third rung down in the you know two layers below the conference mm-hmm. and uh, eventually got us up to the uh, Premier League which took a long time because it takes about six or seven seasons to get good enough to get promoted and okay. doing it backwards and forwards uh, so I think we won the league once or twice in the end and got to the Champions League final and lost this is 45 seasons into my chairmanship <laughs> and a season you can play in about 
45 minutes because really? you can literally do, yeah because you're not doing much you're going yes 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 waiting for the transfer transfer window to open so it's very very fast but I made a fatal error this is the one flaw in the game and I was really enjoying it and I was quite addicted and playing it all the time um one night I was I think I must have had a bit to drink and I came back and I played it and I forgot that I needed to sell one of my players because my club was about to run out of money because it kind of warned you you're going to run out of money and I came back and I'd forgotten to do that oh I must sell a, a 30 million player now otherwise we're going to go bust and it gives you 12 weeks warning right. and you're going to run out of money you're going to go bust I forgot I miscalculated by one week before the transfer window opened to sell him and it basically said your club's gone bust and it totally the only thing from then is to start a new career no. and it killed my 45 season no. career and that was pretty harsh so guys Ooh. fix that apart from that you've got a great little game What's so you? you know I think it's definitely a 7.1 out of 10 mm, we don't do decimals <laughs> no, so you'll have, to, you have to round it down <laughs> so, fair enough uh, so I have been playing well uh I got back after our adventure to churches the other mm-hmm. night, quite drunk, right. and decided I'd just have a little go on the swindle. Of course. Immediately forgot what colour active minds are and deactive <laughs> minds, blew up and put my Vita down right. <laughs> carefully, yeah. and I'll never touch that game again, because I was doing really well until that point. So I'm done with that. On my uh, mission to try all the iOS games I've missed, I played Nimblebit's uh, Letterpad, uh, which is a very simple... It's like Boggle, but the letters... Uh, the words you make don't have to be uh, the letters don't have to be connected up and you're looking for four or five words on a theme so it might say the theme is lake and the words might be house or uh, why would you build a house on a lake you've seen the lake house it's the worst film Mm -hmm. there we go so uh, you know don't didn't think I enjoyed it at the start, but I can't stop playing it. It's quite nice. One more go. It's got really, really nice, and I'm saying this through gritted teeth, monetization system. Great monetization lad. Which tempts you into watching an advert, so yeah. you, which is which is great. Uh, play, is, it, is it still the, um, the what, the, uh, those guys, the slow-mo guys? It's not now. Oh, oh well, this is on iOS, so maybe it never was on iOS. Uh, okay. um, uh, it's mostly for Game of War. But I never see it because I place my iPad face down. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Mariah yeah. Carey. So uh, there's that. And uh, I've been playing um, uh, Cardinal Quest 2, which is a very simplified roguelike with a nice skill tree, which I kind of like completed that. And there's lots, lots more to do as well. It's good. But the game I want to talk about is... That wasn't even his review. Wait. No, he's just building up to Both it. Both of those get 7 out of 10. Uh, the game I want to talk about is I Am a Brave Knight. It's okay. currently free uh, on iOS and has very, very few reviews. And I had a look at the reviews. What's its monetization like? Well, it doesn't have any. What? I had a look at a few of the reviews. Um, <laughs> it's got eight reviews and it's got two stars. Okay. And I thought, huh. Um, but the, <laughs> the, the reason I'm reviewing it is because it said inspired by games like Journey. Oh yeah, those games. Those games. So I thought you'd like to hear about it. But I like those games. And it's journey. a it's a global game jam game, and global game jams coming up as well uh, start next year. So I don't know. I felt I quite felt quite affectionate towards it. It is barely a game. What happens is you see a number of scenes from this this character's life. The character has done is in Thomas was alone, blocky style, various different wigs, and um, you see a number of scenes from them, and you have to trace out letters from various words and then it gives you a sentence and that sentence is usually something meaningful and heartbreaking and then you move on to the next scene there is no game there at all but there is something to be said for having to interact with the world and that interaction moving the story along it can 
make you feel more for the things that you are not moving, but the things that you're interacting with, even if that interaction is light. And while the story, you know, is very, very lightweight and sort of predictable, I thought in a mechanical standpoint, it's interesting. I think it's interesting to play these sort of things and to work out why it makes you feel the way it does. It certainly doesn't deserve two stars out of five, and it's free, so I'd encourage you all to go and download it. Seven out of ten. Boom. Good. John. You had, you're pointing at Simon. Hi. I'm, I'm pointing at my world champion. champion. World champion, he's saying. World champion says, what's up? You see what he is over there? Um... Yeah, uh, they were. Uh, somebody was uh, asking us. Uh, there were, I think there, were, there was an event last week, John, wasn't there, where they were playing sensible soccer in uh, in East London. Yes, yeah, they asked me to go along. I'm not going along to that, am I? You don't want to lose I've that got, crown <laughs> in your I head. To, what have you? I got to gain by that? Well, it's already around your ankles, your crown. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to uh, reclaim it rightfully with uh, sociable soccer. What are you trying to email, Steve? Well, we're trying to email. We've just been working on the old theme tune, uh, Gold Screen Superstar Hero. Um, one of the guys I'm working with, uh, there's a great team I'm working with called Combo Breaker in Helsinki on this game. And one of the guys is actually a hit record producer. He's had number one records in Finland recently. Bloody and he's done. done an amazing remix, well, which we've been trying to get, but it's not working, is it, Steve? It's definitely not in uh, my inbox, but... If we left a space in the podcast, then we could splice it into the podcast. If we left a space for it, we just have to introduce it. Yeah. Ooh. So do you want to introduce it now? Yes. Uh, everybody, you're listening to the new version of Goal Scoring Superstar Hero. Beep. That was great. I can see why he's a hit music yeah. number one in Finland. He deserves to be a global megastar. Absolutely. The way you wow. were dancing, Simon. <laughs> it's unbelievable. unbelievable. We should get dressed now, shouldn't we? <laughs>
This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Um, this is Dowson Simkit, I think. My handwriting's getting worse. I, I, I think that about me as well. It's because we don't write anymore. Do we type? Oh, you do we type should do this. I better check that that's who that is. It'd be very, really <laughs> fun. It's um, not. I haven't yet had an update from Billy Mitchell. No. So the last thing we knew is that he kicked a ball. Yeah. And then it's definitely hit. Well, it's definitely probably definitely him because it's got a picture of him meeting some fans and it's right. actually him so, that, so it's in no way of a pa- it's, have you heard of parody accounts before a parody <laughs> parody accounts no it is it is uh, it is douse or or d0 us and simkit so i was right that's no, him no isn't it b mitch that is bit b mitchell yeah you can tell he's got his thumb up looking cool billy mm. oh there he is again so um John Hare and Dino Dini. Yep. I was watching uh, Celebrity. I'm a Celebrity the other day. Yeah. Other day. Uh, oh, Nigel's in it. Nigel Ben. <laughs> Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank. Oh yeah. The rumor is they're going to have a rumble again. Right? Are they? So they're beef. Okay. That's been cleared up apparently on yeah. stage. Right. Those two. Uh, any old other old rivals we can? Ah, oh, that's a good question, isn't it? It was just you and Dino, know. wasn't it, John, back well, in the day? A, I suppose there's uh, there's Billy Mitchell and Steve Weeby. Yeah. yeah. Classic, classic rival rivalry there. There's got to be some we can't remember. What about that um, that dude who do, does the spaceship game? And, oh, David uh, Brayman and Ian Bell. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay. I didn't mean him as the dude who does the spaceship game. Chris I meant, Roberts. I meant no, the Battleship Three Thousand guy. I don't know who that is. Derek Smart. Okay. Uh, he has beefs with everybody. Oh. Uh, good, but yeah, Braben and Bell, that would be a good one to industry clear Industry boxing, industry, industry charity boxing. boxing. <laughs> yeah, see you there. Would you, would you punch Dino Dini for money? No. For charity? For charity, John. No, I don't punch Come people. Come on, for charity. So, so you hate charity? I kick, so you hate people. Charity. I kick people. It's a football Kickboxing. game. Kickboxing. What would you do to Dino Dini for charity? charity. <laughs> I would tell him I like him. Charity. <laughs> Thank you, you heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you. <One> last <laughs> exclusive. Thank you so much for coming on, John. It's been brilliant having you on. Okay. Thoroughly cheers. enjoyed the game. Yeah, yeah. C- come back. Come back next week. Bring it back I'm every very week happy for you an update. It. You know, you're, everyone's guinea pigs at the moment. And it's, the response yeah. is fantastic from you, ex world champions. Well, uh, current only, world champions. If only, well, if only you could have someone to read out the football results from earlier. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I remember some of them. <laughs> I'll remember mine versus you for a long time. Right. Simon. Good. And well, thanks for making that happen, John. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Well, we've got two more shows. Two more shows. Guests are, we're booked up for guests as well. So. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, That's so exciting. exciting. Thanks so much thanks for listening. listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.